Welcome to the Rochecourt Educational Trust Artists Conversation Series. The Rochecourt Educational Trust is a charity based at the New Arts Centre near Salisbury, which encourages children, young people and specialist groups to look, think and speak about art. In this series, we speak to a range of contemporary artists about their work, their process, their ideas and their outcomes. Our first guest is David Murphy, a painter and sculptor who was recently featured in the Common Thread exhibition at the New Art Centre. David has exhibited nationally and internationally, with recent exhibitions in Milan, Cairo and Berlin. He was recently awarded the Kenneth Armitage Foundation Fellowship and has undertaken residencies at the Stanzo del Fetro in Murano, Italy and at the Yorkshire Sculpture Park. We are excited to talk to David today about his process and ideas. So welcome to Roach Court. This event today is on behalf of the Roach Court Educational Trust. And David Murphy is here to talk to us today about his work. He's very kindly um, given us his time as a donation because all the money that we make um, from our events here um, goes straight back into the work of the Trust. We provide opportunities for 11,000 children and young people, both here at our sculpture park and galleries, but also in our articulation programme, which is our national public speaking programme, to look, think and speak about art. So thank you all very much. First of all, um, in relation to uh, this exhibition, there was a quote in the design edit which said that David Murphy's woven metal sculptures and intriguing painting scratched through on gesso as if by a miniature plough, furrowing the paint, or a weaver's shuttle plotting the weft's path through the warp. Um, I just wanted to ask you, David, um, how these suggestions and associations and the ideas of the textile language um, sort of manifest in your work. Okay, well, I think that's quite a perceptive little quote in a way, because it it sort of summarises some of the key things that I identify in my work, which took me years to figure out, which are this connection between two dimensions and three dimensions, so the kind of image and the object. And I think that all of my work somehow exists in the sort of space between those, between those realms. Um, and also, that this is the first time, I think, that I've actually been approached by anyone else in relation to textiles, which... Because textiles and this textiles language that I've mentioned before is such an important part of my work from my perspective, but I, th I feel like it's not really been picked up by anyone else before. So it's with great sort of gratitude to Lewis Dalton Gilbert who put this show together that he identified that and put me in such kind of fine company with some of these other artists. Um, I think understanding textiles, I don't make textiles at all. I make kind of paintings and sculptures that sort of touch on bits and pieces of textile history or, or a textile language. And I think that has been pretty, quite key way for me to understand the distinctions in the work and how that relationship between image and object, sculpture and mm -hmm. painting kind of works. And yeah, and certainly process, which again is something that came up in that quote to do with the gesso panels. Mm. Process is key to those things as well. Okay, so how, how, how do you apply process to that exploration of the textile language? Um, I think, I guess I think of it in terms of surfaces or transparency, 
like transparent layers, basically, mm-hmm. that are maybe put um, meshes that are put together. I'm trying to always find words that are able to connect the sculpture and the painting or allow them to be shown in the same space and for that to make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are clear sort of graphic relationships between the sculpture and the paint as well, the way that they're applied. Um, but yeah, I don't know, in terms of um, yeah, the language, yeah, I mean, I guess all of the language we've been using in relation to textiles, you know, yeah. the warp and the weft, this kind of meshing of lines, a twin axis, mm-hmm. um, colours, muted colours, in between hues, grey areas, um, suggestions of softness. Um, I mean, all of that comes into it, yeah, I think. It starts to apply in your work. Yeah. Um, where um, you're, as you, as you say, you're, you're in good company here, you're um, with a lot of other artists that are exploring some of the same ideas. Are there any particular um, connections in this exhibition with other practitioners that you feel your work, um, because of Lewis Dalton Gilbert's curation, um, starts to have a really strong uh, conversation with? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just quite excited to be showing work with people that... Um maybe come from quite different backgrounds or different um, positions. And so, like, they're coming not from a fine art background mm-hmm. even, but have studied other, other subjects and found their way to, to this point. Um, I guess the, a really nice surprise for me was seeing Isabel's work, the kind of laser-cut paper work, which I hadn't... I didn't know about her work at all before. And... I feel like there's some resonance there, just, I don't know, it's a sort of handling of material that's mm. very sensitive, but also kind of mechanised. I don't know, yeah. I, I found there's some sort of, some use of tools on material that I found kind of exciting. You've also spoken in your um, statements and in the uh, catalogue, uh, the, the words that have been written about you, um, that you've spoken about the magnified thread. I'm really interested in these ideas of the microcosm and the macrocosm Mm -hmm. um, and how they sort of are incorporated into your work because as well as your sculptures that are here, um, your two large large pieces that we have in the park near down on on the main lawn near the Richard Long, um, they're exploring um, objects perhaps in a different size or perspective than they originally were. Yeah, that's true, that's true. I think probably how I got to textiles was, I mean, a lot of my work is research-based, so whether that's kind of traipsing around museums or reading books or going to the library. Um, And somewhere along the line, I've I've actually bought a book of micro-photography, like the the scanning electron microscope photographs. They're pretty freaky pictures. They're like the ones of bugs, really close-up pictures of bug eyes and things. And they're sort of um, repulsive, in fact, in lots of ways. Um, But a friend of mine was putting together a book of pollen photographs that are made in this way. And they were kind of composite images made from thousands of um, photographs taken with a microscope at at kind of subtly different points. Mm -hmm. So because there's such limited depth of field, the the images had to be kind of made of composites. And... I think seeing that, those photographs and early kind of um, close-up photographs of 
threads and textiles. Mm -hmm. I think it was the first time I was actually aware that textiles were really complicated, three-dimensional things. That they weren't just superficially flat surfaces, mm -hmm. but were actually really complicated, kind of interwoven. It sounds really obvious, but I, I, I hadn't really been aware of that yeah. somehow. I guess we think of them as layers rather than as something that's a complex structure within itself. Yeah, and just d deeply sculptural, you know, that the front becomes the back, becomes the front, becomes the back, and so on. And it's just a kind of philosophically quite an interesting thing to grapple with as a, as a sculptor. Um, but then it doesn't have any of the kind of the ostensibly serious stuff that happens in sculpture, you know? It's not, it's, it's not heavy and it's not solid and it's not metallic and blah, blah, blah. It's just a kind of softness and malleability and it, I think it, it resonated me, with me a, a lot because first of all it made that connection with textiles but also it made me feel much more comfortable about exploring sculpture for those characteristics not for not for the kind of macho heavy metal stuff mm. it, it sort of felt enabling to make soft delicate transparent almost not physically there sculptures um, and from that, I think it unlocked a lot of other potential in the work. And I started showing the drawings and then the drawings became almost paintings. And now I call them paintings and don't even feel uptight about it. Just say, oh yeah, I make paintings as well. But you know, I don't, I feel a bit fraudulent about it in a way, because I'm definitely a sculptor. I know that much, but, and I think I approach the drawings and paintings as a sculptor. Yeah. Slightly naive, naively perhaps for a painter, but I do have a keen sense of color and a, a, a appreciation of materials and layering, which comes definitely from sculpture, but which I apply to different materials. So thank you very much for listening to our first podcast from beautiful Roche Court on a rainy late summer morning. David will be joining us for a home-cooked lunch fresh from our vegetable garden. And we very much hope that you will subscribe and join us again for our next edition. You can find David Murphy at davidmurphystudio.co.uk and learn more about the exhibitions at the New Art Centre and our work at the Roche Court Educational Trust at our website, sculpture.uk.com.